you're with Karen. How are you going? Here we go. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Great to have your company. You're with Karen Swain, accentuating the positive. It's my intent to present more empowering and loving messages through our media, more love in the media. So I present inspiring stories from people all over the globe who break down the barriers of prejudice, judgment and hatred and uplift our world with their stories and their messages. You can listen to some of my interviews on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Soundcloud, Soul Traveller Radio and Community Radio here in Sydney. Please subscribe and support Positive Media. You can stay up to date with the show on Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain on Facebook or go to karenswain.com and you'll see most of the podcasts there. So in this hour, I've got Justin Cooper in the studio with me. We're going to have a bit of a chat about finding your purpose for next year. He was saying that so many school kids, you know, leave school and have no idea who they are or what they want to do. And there's a way to really tap into that. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How's your Christmas season revving up? Are you going away? No, we're having a staycation. A staycation. Mm. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Fantastic. Dear teacher, I know it doesn't always seem like it, but I really do want to listen and learn. Just my brain is kind of different. So this is what I'd like you to know about me. I have to move, or I really can't pay attention. Even though I'm not looking at you, I can still listen to what you're saying. If you tell me, sit up straight, now I have to use all of my brain to do just that. It makes me feel sad when you tell me to try harder, even though I've already tried as hard as I can. I actually listen better when I'm rocking in my chair. When you give me a bunch of directions, I start to think, I will never remember all of this. Sometimes my mom or dad ends up doing all of my homework. So here's how you could maybe help. Let me get up and move while I'm learning. Let me look wherever I want when you talk to me. Let me rock or slouch in my chair. No matter what, please don't take away my recess. Just ask me, what does your brain need right now? And one more thing. My brain might be different than yours, but it's still amazing. Sincerely, your student. Your student. Your student. Your student. Don't you love that? Kids asking teachers how to teach them. I love that because we do have different brains and some children learn completely differently to others. I was one of them when I was a kid. I was a creative brain. So if you spoke something to me or showed me visually, I got it. But having to read things was not my forte. We all have brains that work 
differently. And I was told in a dream recently that I need to teach deliberate creation and law of attraction in schools to help kids find their focus and, well, learn how to be deliberate creators. Stop focusing on what's going wrong in the world and start focusing on what's going right. Because where you do put your focus, where your focus goes, energy flows. So when you focus on what you want instead of what you don't want, you create more of it. You attract that into your life. And I think it's a fundamental teaching that we all need to know and it should be taught in schools. So this is a plan to do that next year. I've got Justin Cooper in the studio with me and we were having a discussion about that. I put a bit of a post on Facebook and said, anybody want to help me? Good morning, honey. Hey, and I jumped straight in. You did jump straight in. So you had a bit of a story. Tell us about your story with your nephew. Yeah, so I've been doing some work with adults Uh, business people and individuals looking for purpose around their work. I heard that my nephew had exited university with a degree and he didn't want to work in either of those two fields that he was studying. And um, his parents said, great, become a doctor. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Don't do that to him. Um, Give him to me for a little bit and I'll help him discover what his purpose is. And To cut a long story short, did a couple of sessions with him and he's now working in a field that really lights him up and his parents haven't wasted many thousands of dollars sending him to uh, medical school. And at the end of that process, my sister-in-law was obviously quite relieved and she said, you know what, you should do this work with, not with uni students, but with school students. School leavers, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And in particular, it's year 11s. And so I've been chatting to someone who is just finishing year 10. And I got her along to one of my sessions. And um, it was within that context of that discussion that I responded to you and said, you know, we should chat because in conversation with my nephew, it turned out that the advice he got uh, as, you know, from his careers advisor at school was pretty much identical to mine 35 years earlier. Mm, mm, mm. Hadn't really moved on. Wow. And uh, it, it was all Vocation around... Vocation advice at school. Yeah, yeah, it was all around, what are you good at? Don't know. What do you want to do? Don't know. Don't know. Um, so, well, what are you good at? Well, I'm good at these subjects. Okay, well, here is a list of the things that you can go into. Yeah. Off you go. Yeah. Um, as opposed to deeping, um, you know, delving deeper into the subconscious to understand what really drives you. Yeah, yeah. And talking to this year 10 student, she was saying that there was quite a lot of pressure put on her. Heaps um, of pressure. To you know, you have to make a decision now. I think it was year nine. You need to make a decision now. Um, The clock's ticking, and the decision you make now will take you all the way through to your early twenties. Yeah, yeah. The decision you make, the subjects that you choose today, will be your vocation for the rest of your life. They said that to my daughter in year nine as well, Mm. and she came home completely freaked out. And I said to her, you know, what you're going to do with your life has nothing to do with the subjects you choose at school. Mostly, it will be what lights you up, what you're passionate about, what you're good at what feels good to you because that's your guidance system you know what you want to do is what you should be doing which is what children are not taught they're taught they should be doing something not Mm. what they want to do Mm. which is really interesting it's like backwards really yeah so it struck me that this new process of accessing the subconscious and really understanding who you are why should that only be used with adults why can't we use that with younger people growing up Um, because they have the same processing uh, in their brains. So if we can access that, it can really help them to articulate 
what they've failed to articulate. I certainly failed to articulate it when I was 17 and asked that question. You know, it really helped them to explain. And then their parents can really help them then move forward to something that's more meaningful rather than going into uni and doing a course which they then drop out of. I mean, my niece dropped out of her... Um, first year uni and then started a different degree at a different university and I think the dropout rates the failure rates in terms of completing a course are very very high yeah well I have a bit of an agenda because we're moving so quickly in our human potential both with our technology that we really need to wake up the difference makers I think that every young person every young person feels like they can make a difference in the world and many of them get so confused about what they want to do and what they should do that they spend years falling around doing university courses that they don't want to do and being in jobs to make money that they don't want to do instead of really honing that purpose within them to be who they've come to be. And that's fine. That was fine for you and I. We fell around for a few 20, 30, 40 years. (laughs) No, no. No, but, you, you know, that's fine for the generation past. But I think that the generations coming through need to really wake up to why they're here and the purpose and how they're going to make a difference. Because I think we need them. I think we need them if we're not going to blow each other up with our technology. We need to shift our human consciousness. And I know that the young people are just a huge part of that. Like the Mm. kids in school today are a huge part of this shift. And we need to be able to nurture why they've, you know, the talents that they've come in with that can change the world, really. That's my agenda. Mm. And I think it's a very important agenda as well. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Because if you overlay on top of that happiness... Is key. If you look at um, you look at depression um, caused by people flailing around, not knowing what they're doing or why, why they're doing what they do. Exactly. Yeah. We can resolve that, and yeah. we've got some techniques now that really work at getting out the truth within people. So let's use them. Yeah, absolutely. Look, there are quite a few people out there that, that, you know, feel similarly to you and I, and they want to teach happiness in schools and they want to teach meditation in schools. Mm. I was having a chat to a girlfriend at dinner the other night. Her husband's a teacher at a high school. He's been teaching for 20, 30 years. And she said, she said, Schwaney, you've got a, you've got a hard, (laughs) you've got a hard road in front of you. She said, there are so many people going to education departments saying, you know, we need to teach about bullying and we need to teach about, but they're all focused on the negative. We need to teach about terrorism. We need to teach about drugs, you know, not getting drugs and not doing this and not doing that and not doing that. But she said that the education department are bombarded with do-gooders all wanting to you know bring up these subjects that they want school children to know about but they're all focused in the negative mm. you know and where your energy goes where your focus goes energy flows Absolutely. so i think we have to stop to teaching about there's enough on the news you know bullying and terrorism and drugs isn't a teenage pregnancy there's enough of that on the news you don't need that in your schools you need to teach children how to focus in a way that they can put their energy on what they want and therefore create more of it that's mm. what i really mm. feel that's my agenda so yeah next year is a new year anybody out there want to help us give me a call yeah i mean it wouldn't be great to, to put together some groups groups, um, you know, with um, year 11 students and their parents and in a spirit of co-creation, run some of these meditation groups to work out what's really behind that and then really nurture what comes comes up. Yeah, exactly. What gives you happiness? I think I had a conversation with a young person recently who said, you know, when you're growing up, you get asked about a million times, what do you want to do with your life? (laughs) 
And most kids don't have a clue what they want to do with their life. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. I had to make something up on the spot <laughs> when, <laughs> when I was you, a kid. Yeah. When you were asked that. Yeah, I think it was a fireman because I, th- I thought the person might like that response. <laughs> so I said a fireman. Yeah, fireman. <laughs> oh, yeah, a fireman. Yeah, I want to save the world. I, I wanna, couldn't say a hairdresser. I want to be Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> Hairdresser, and if Gandhi doesn't work, I'll be a hairdresser. Exactly, (laughs) full back. (laughs) But it would be nice to know, like, what your soul wants. You know, what's why have you come? Why are you on the planet? You know, what are you Mm. here to? I I was actually, I was twelve. I'm in the kitchen at my um, dad's place. I'm living with my dad. He's remarried and he's had a baby and we've got a live-in nanny and she was an English girl and she's cooking dinner and I'm sitting at the dinner table and she says, Karen, do you want me to read your palm? And I'm like, what? I have no idea what she's talking about. She said, do you want me to read your palm? And I said, sure, I'm not knowing what she was doing. And then she explained that she was going to sort of look into my future by looking at my palm. And she reads my palm. She says three things to me that have me running to my room devastated and in tears. She said, one, I would be a teacher when I grew up. And I was a dyslexic schoolgirl that hated, you know, dyslexic, couldn't read, couldn't spell. Um, I was creative, you know, I wasn't um, analytical or or academic. And she says, I'm going to be a a teacher. She didn't say school teacher. She said teacher. And she said, I wouldn't get married until I was 28 and I'd have a baby when I was 28. And I thought that 28 was just so old. (laughs) (laughs) To a 12-year-old, 28 is like so left on the shelf. (laughs) She was bloody right, that nanny, I tell you. But... um, you know, no one explained to me what that meant at that time and yeah. uh, it'd be great to have kids just to have a bit of a clue. Who, who mm. am I? Mm. Why am I here? And it would be great to hear from any parents of year 10, year 11 students. You know, maybe we set up a, a Facebook site and get their comments. You know, what's their experience of careers advice? Yeah. All, the, all the struggles that their kids um, have when you know, faced with that decision really early in the piece, you know, what course direction you want to go, what career are you looking at? It's not, I don't know. I don't know. Um, And what's their experience has been? Because mine has been talking to my nephew that there's been no change in how that career's advisory takes place in the 33 years between when I left school and when he did. Yeah, exactly. Um, So it would be great to hear from others what has been their challenge um, and what, how have the kids responded? Yeah. Because when I was telling this year 10 student about what I do, she was really excited and she came along to a session. And, and it was interesting because um, she was amongst um, grown-up, you know, much older business people in their 40s and 50s. So she was a little bit of a fish out of water. And she didn't, in the three-hour session we ran, she didn't get clarity on, you know, I want to be X. Yeah. She got clarity around the sort of thing that she do, she was doing, yeah. and it challenged her because it wasn't in line with what her mum was talking about exactly. her doing, yeah. and the thing that she'd thought up in the shower a few weeks earlier. So I've had a follow up with her to just try and work with that and say, okay, so what what are the challenges? And I can see more lights going on, which is great. And I don't know whether it's because it's the first time she's tried to do this form of meditation or whether it's because she was with older people. I think the energy in the room would be amazing if you put millennials or Gen Ys together. Um, I think it would be more powerful. I'd love to hear from, yeah, school leavers. What do you want to know? Like, what would you like to learn about yourself? 
Look, Steve Jobs has an interesting story. I mean, his story of leaving school. He went to university to do something to please his dad and uh, he hated it and he eventually left but he used to hang out at university and people said, what are you still doing here? And he goes, oh, I don't know, I've got nothing to do during the day. And he looked at some of the courses that he would never have taken. But because he decided to leave and like, okay, I'm going to jump the boat and not do what I'm supposed to do, he did a calligraphy course. And when he was designing the Apple pads, he used that calligraphy for the fonts. And he mm-hmm. was the first person to really understand fonts and the creativity of the beauty of the fonts and how beautiful it looks and everything. So that calligraphy course was just... Pineal. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. But sometimes that falling around not knowing what you want to do is a good thing, Hmm. you know, until you discover what you are. I know that my daughter's the same. She left school. She had no idea. She knows she's creative. She knows she wants to make a difference. And she knows she's a teacher. But she doesn't know really how to put those three together. And she's trying to find her way Hmm. doing that. But life is sort of turning up. At the moment, she's teaching English to people at Google. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> yeah, IT people that are coming from China right. that have learned English, but they have learned grammatically correct English, but they don't know actually how to converse in a casual way, like mm. hit the ground running and at the drop of the hat. And all those things that we say, all those little sayings, they have no idea what that means. So she's teaching these guys, these IT guys, these sayings like how to speak a strine. Mm. <laughs> G'day, mate. <laughs> yeah, look, look, for me, I, the, the agenda I have is getting people to connect with their heart as early as possible. Yeah, for sure. And I, I've got no beef whatsoever with the journey that people take to discover what that should be. And it doesn't have to suddenly land for them at, you know, at 15. What, I, I know now what the secret to life is. But just starting early to listen to the heart and from a parent's point of view, um, encouraging that. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily as we do as parents. I've got two millennial kids, uh, 10 and 7. I-, I can feel that myself. You know, you want to, the best for them and therefore you want to advise them. And it's very, it's very dangerous sometimes. You just tell them what to do. And it's opening them up to what, they, what they're looking for. So when you ask them that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? What's their response? Oh, I do as, as a joke with a big smile because I know the pressure I felt when I was asked that. Yeah. It just changes on a, on a sort of a, every two years. It, An hourly basis. Well, almost, yeah. <laughs> I, I talk about the goldfish brain that my seven-year-old's got. It's like, oh, look, there's a tree. Oh, look, there's a tree. Um, and that's, you know, that's the way that the, the brain is not wired at that stage for, you know, cognitive concentrating thought. Um, it's full of wonder and uh, exploration. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, she was asked um, when my seven-year-old was at preschool and I think she was still four, she was asked what she wanted to do. She said, I want to be a real mum. A real mum? Yes, <laughs> which, of course, my wife took the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a real mum? What's, what's wrong with this mum? <laughs> Oh, poor mum. Oh, dear. Look, I'm going to do a bit of Christmas drama now because we've got to have a bit of Christmas drama. All I want for Christmas is to know who I am. Perfect. (laughs) Michael Bublé. We'll be back after this. Don't want a lot for Christmas. We're all in this together. The fabulous Ben Lee there, one oldie but a goodie. We're all in this together. Good morning. You're with Karen accentuating the positive. I've got Justin Cooper in the studio with me this morning and we're talking 
finding your why and getting in touch with your soul and <laughs> finding your purpose. And really, we had a discussion about inspiring school leavers or school children to, you know, find that place inside them that's speaking to them about who they are and why they're on the planet and what their why is and what their purpose mm. is. It doesn't necessarily mean, though, Justin, when they do these, like, it's a, it's a series of guided meditations and learning about law of attraction and how to flow your energy. It doesn't mean that you have the job in your hand when you do this, but you have more of a sense of who you are. Yeah, you have the building blocks, yeah. and that's important because you you have a sense of that higher purpose. Yeah, exactly. The analogy I used um, when I was working with this um, year ten student a couple of weeks ago is it's it's not a um, a Willy Wonka everlasting gobstopper machine. You know that, that in that movie it goes through all these things and then ping it pops out. You know, it's not necessarily a defined answer. You are going to be a fireman. It it tells you the it tells you about your innate strengths yeah, yeah. and where you should be playing yeah. and that's really useful and in fact it's more useful to give a young student that than a definitive answer. Yeah. You know what I ask my clients when they come and they're all wrapped up in their problems and what they want to do and they're confused and where do I do what do I do and what do I where do I go? I ask them what they value the most. Like, what is your highest value? And when you find out what people's highest value is, you actually touch their soul. Like, you touch their why and their purpose. When And because it's interesting, because a lot of people don't think about what they value. They think they value maybe money or a good job or something like that. But when you really ask, like, what do you really, like, honesty or commitment or I value connection or love, you know, like your highest value. When you find out what your highest values are, it's a really great question. You really find it, it out is, but I think who you are. You, you probably need to go to that deeper space first because I used to ask that question of, of people and I'd always get the same answers. It would be oh, honesty and uh, trust um, and integrity. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I've got a list of those that are going to come out. But when you get people to meditate and then you ask the question, then it comes from a, a different place. It comes from a different part of the brain. And I, th- I think it would be even harder for students, you know, 16, 17, to answer that question. But Because they're giving you answers they think you should. Correct. Maybe when people are around me, they're already in that space. It's yeah. just my vibe. <laughs> No, I, no, I think you're absolutely right because you do, you, you prep them, you prep them, you um, have that ability. Yeah, look, I was telling Justin before you the song, we're all in this together. Uh, a friend of mine, someone I know whose father passed recently, he was a wealthy businessman and uh, it had taken a bit of a while for his will to be put through probate but yesterday it was finalised and he'd left $11 million to charities, 11 different charities received a cheque for a million dollars yesterday for the Christmas season. So isn't that cool? That's a nice story, isn't it? It's beautiful. It's a good story. Great time for it to arrive as well. Yeah, right on Christmas, especially people like the Smith family and the Salvos that are helping people at this time of year that really have nothing. And um, everyone's out there going crazy, buying presents and eating too much and spending too much. And there are people that are poverty-stricken or mm. sick and they just can't indulge in that sort of lifestyle. And the Salvos and the Smith family are there to prop them up, give them a Christmas lunch and some prezzies, and now they've got a few more cents to play with, so that's nice. And look, I was listening to an interview on the radio the other day when someone was talking about redirecting all of their presents, all of the money they would have spent on presents and on cards, 
um, to give to charities to like charity. the Smith family. Yeah. It, it took her friends by surprise initially, but she's been doing it for a number of years now, and, and now it's starting to take off. Yeah, exactly. We want to help kids. I had a man on the show last week, Andrew Holt, who'd written a book for little kids to learn about their powerful focus and, you know, energy goes where your focus goes, energy flows. He was saying as a school teacher that he just got so sick of kids coming in from the program saying, she's picking on me and I don't like what they're saying and I don't like this and I don't like that. And he would say to his the kids, well, what do you want? Well, I don't want to be bullied and I don't want to be picked on and I don't want them to call me names. And they're all focusing on what they don't want. And he was thinking kids really need to understand about their focus because when you ask people what they don't want, they tell you what they, what they want, they tell you what they don't want. And where did they get that focus from? Well, I don't know. Where parents. You, well, parents, schools, the media. Society. society. Society, yeah. I mean, it tells you what to focus on what you don't want. But when you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. It's just that someone needs to be there just to shift that focus, just to twist mm. it. Okay, now you know what you don't want, tell me what you do want. It's interesting when you ask someone who's paying that question, they cannot find that answer. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a woman getting divorced and she was really angry with her husband. I said, what do you want? She told me everything she didn't want and she didn't actually know how to answer that question. She was so focused on everything that was going wrong and she was so miserable. You really have to start to bring that focus on her. What do I want? What do I want? Which is great for when you're thinking about your vocation as well. Yeah, and, and it's a deliberate act. It's a deliberate it's, act. It's hard to do because it doesn't. we haven't been taught that skill. But it's like a muscle. The more we do focus on what we really want, the less we focus on the negative. And the more you attract Correct. what you want. So we want some help. If anyone's out there and they think they can help us, we're going to put together maybe next year a couple of uh, seminars, some mm. uh, teaching law of attraction and finding your why together. Justin and I are going to mm. team up. Yeah. Maybe, yes. Oh, thinking, definitely. Thinking, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, we've got to plan it. We've got to put it together. And, and uh, maybe you've got some school leavers that want to find out who they are and their why or even some people that are hating their job and they just want to do something to make a difference. So let us know. You could go to the Facebook page, Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain on Facebook or you can just find me on Facebook, Karen Swain or Justin Cooper from Unleash Your Beast. You've got a mm-hmm. Facebook page too, Unleash Your Beast, haven't you? I I do, yes. Is Just it called Unleash, Unleash, Your, Unleash Beast. Your Beast? Unleash Your Beast. I love it. And no, you have uh, to say Unleash Your Beast. Unleash, and ask us some questions, you know. <laughs> I'd love to know what the kids think. I'd love to know what your teenagers think or maybe your grandchildren, maybe your children or maybe you're a teenager listening to this, what you think about learning how to direct your focus, yeah. being more deliberate in your creation and um, talking to your subconscious and finding your why. Because we both feel called to this. And we're opening up the discussion. So we really want to hear from people who, who've had, you know, are in that situation with year 10, 11 students. What is going on for you and what would be helpful? Yes, exactly. It would be great to hear from you. Thanks for coming in, honey. Thank you for the invitation. It's been wonderful. And um, I'm going to be here for the next half an hour. I'm doing Jess's show. I think I'm going to forfeit the news. We've had enough bad news today. It's the Christmas <laughs> season. Let's focus on what we want, not what's going wrong. You see, that that really is the fault of the media. It's always telling, it well-meaning, you know, let me show you what to look out for. Mm. Let me show you what's going wrong in the world so that you can avoid it. But actually, it doesn't work that way mm. because when you put your focus on something... 
you attracted into your life. So the media has done a really bad job with showing us everything that's going wrong in the world, mm. you know, mm. like it's just determined to show us every aspect of despair. Mm. Yeah, so that's why I started the show, Accentuate the Positives, all about accentuating the positive, showing you what's going right in the world and giving away $11 million to charities, definitely on that track. So, Justin, you want me to play Iron I'd, Sky? I'd love you to play. It's a very powerful track um, by Paolo Nutini, Italian origin, UK-based uh, artist, and it samples a very powerful speech from the movie The Great Dictator, um, which is Charlie Chaplin, and it's a very powerful message that resonates today more than ever. Well, this is it. Have a listen. No, no. 